The Block Talk podcast started because of my passion for the property management industry. I wanted to start a conversation and add some value within the industry with a diverse range of people and professionals who can add something extra. As we start out, my aim is that the podcast offers some useful insight into a variety of views, opinions, thoughts, and foresights from our guests who include business leaders and industry experts. If you enjoy the podcast and want to find out any other information, head on over to brianwelsh.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Block Talk podcast with me, Brian Welsh, and Jax Bruce. Jax, how are you this fine, I was going to say sunny, but cloudy day in Scotland? Um, yeah, I'm good. It's, it's not a bad morning. Um, I got the train in this morning. It was quite a nice journey. Um, I'm out tonight, my first gig for ages. Um, an audio, audio-visual experience. Um, so I am very much looking forward to that. Bite to eat first. So yeah, it's all good. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm very well. I do not um, Oh, I'm out for dinner tonight with a client. And then next Friday, I'm out. Uh, um, I've already been to to a gig since things started out. I went to Texas a few weeks ago, actually. And next Friday, I'm going to see Blondie at the Hydrants. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, cool. so yeah, I'm good. Okay, so today, as part of our leadership theme discussions, we are chatting to James Groves, who has been Managing Director of Indigo Swan for two and a half years. His aim is to be the best manager and leader he can be. He wants to motivate, inspire, develop, and coach people to reach their personal and professional goals whilst at the same time achieving the goals of the business. James, how are you? Great to have you on again. You were on a, a few months ago. Great to have you on. How are you doing? Brian, I am excellent. Uh, thank you ever so much to you, to you and Jack for having me on. Happy to be here. Uh, it's a bit sunnier here than it is for you by the sounds of things. We've, we've got a lovely day today, but that will that will probably change, I imagine, as we as we approach the weekend. But um, yeah, lovely, lovely day today. Um, so sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but really, really nice to be here chatting to you two again and, and on the topic that, yeah, I'm particularly passionate about. So thanks for asking me on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very well aware of that from the from the stuff you post on LinkedIn and from obviously knowing you as well. And, and that's why we thought you were one of the perfect people to have on this. It's actually quite funny talking about the difference in the weather. I was down south last week, and yeah. um, there was a there was a and I can't. I'm not very good with garden things and flowers, but there was a flower in the garden down south, and it was pretty much in bloom. And I came <laughs> back. To, I came back to Scotland. I have exactly the same flower in the garden here, and 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 it's not. It's, it's probably <laughs> it's nowhere near. Yeah, so we are. We're at least three weeks behind. <laughs> um, okay, so just to kick off. Um, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Do you know what? This, this is an interesting question because one, 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 thing is, uh, one thing is difficult, I would have said. But I suppose looking at it and giving it a little bit of thought, for me, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few things. But I suppose it's how everything passes. So uh, what I mean by that is the, the, the challenges that you face, the frustrations that you have, the bad times, they, they, they do all pass. Um, and, and I think for me, that's a really important thing to mention as, as much as the good times pass. And, you know, in a leadership role, you've got to embrace everything that comes at you, whether it be good times, challenges, frustrations, whatever. You know, in that period of time, you just need to remember that they will pass. I think when I, you know, when I started my career, I felt that maybe I'd just probably get stuck in a rut or a challenge would never end or my same frustrations would never end. But as your career goes on, you do come to find that, you know, those things will pass. Um, which which is important for everybody to remember. 
another thing that jumps out at me really is the fact that I suppose I would, you know, I didn't go to I didn't go to university. I don't have a degree, and I think when I started my working career, there was such a stigma around that and a stigma around not having a degree and sort of leaving education after college uh, or even high school. Um, and I suppose I wish I'd known that my personality, my character, my honest approach to things, uh, and my and my emotional intelligence, which I talk about uh, throughout the course of this podcast. I wish I'd known at that time that that would have served me as well as it has. Um, I didn't know that. I felt that I may be held back by not having a degree, by not having further education. Um, But actually, it's been quite the opposite. The fact that as the world has moved on, there is much more weight now put on you and your character and your personality uh, and what you can bring to the table as a leader or in the role that you're in. Uh, depending on how you go about things, how you approach different situations, how you talk to people, the relationships that you build. Um, so I wish I'd known early in my career, I suppose, that that was going to serve me well. Um, but like I said, I was probably maybe a little bit too caught up in the stigma of you don't have a degree, you haven't been to further education, so what's your career going to look like? But no, I'm pleased that I know that now, um, mm-hmm. and I'm pleased that that's worked out well for me. So yeah, they'd be my two things. You know, things will pass. Um, and enjoy the present moment or tackle the current challenge uh, and the fact that, you know, you as a person will set your own destiny and you as a person will open up every opportunity that might be available to you. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, actually. Um, I, um, in fact, I had a video on LinkedIn recently um, about this, the whole degree thing. Yeah. Because I think, I think for me, it's caused... I suffer from a bit of, a, of imposter syndrome, and and for mm. me, that is the, one of the causes of it. Because someone someone um, actually said to me when I was kind of seventeen, eighteen, if you don't have a degree, you'll never amount to anything. And yeah. you know, whether 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 I'm successful or have amounted to anything is is you know is 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 up to anyone to have their kind of own 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 view on that. But but I, it's funny because my dad, who's now he's still around, he's about eighty five. And um, and he is the most intelligent person I know. He's mm. academically, he's a very very intelligent guy. In fact, my eldest son takes very much after him. And I apologise about the squeaky toy. If you can hear it, that is Arthur, because I am. Arthur. <laughs> Hello, Arthur. So so um, so and 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 he through his entire career. I mean, he's a very successful guy, you know. And he you know he's in, and and. And he, he did very well. He always worked for someone else, though. And he had a couple of opportunities to go and work for other people. Mm. And when he, when he was near retirement, so what, about 20, 25, 26 years ago, um, um, he, 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 one of his regrets was that he, that he hadn't done this sort of thing. Now, maybe regret's too strong, but, but he talked about it. And when I started my own business, he came to me and he said, you know, it's utterly amazing because he said he wished that he had my drive yeah, and determination and personality and ability to weigh up and take risk because he didn't have that. So you know, yeah. just because you got a degree does not mean that you've got you know you've got you've got a pathway to success. You know, so absolutely, I, I, absolutely not. Yeah, you know, it is. It is about it is about your character. And like I said, I'm not not, not going to sit and bash the education system or anything like that. You know, no, I think sure. there's plenty of jobs and plenty of great careers out there where a degree is a necessity, and you need to have that degree in order to move on, whether it be teaching, uh, medical, whatever it might be. Um, I suppose my message to a lot of people that I speak to these days is, if that's not the path for you, yeah. then you know, embrace your character, embrace your personality, and just see where that takes you. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, so if your team could use three words to describe you as a leader, what would they say? <laughs> Go. Depends what day it is, Brian. No, <laughs> in, in all honesty, I think the first thing that springs to mind for me is probably honesty. Um, I am very honest. Um, I take a lot of time to build relationships with the team, the wider team, um, anybody that I come in contact with, because really that supports and helps me to be uh, very honest with them all the time. You know, honesty for me and a leader is 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 a, is a key thing that needs to be embraced. You know, honesty can come in many forms. It can come in positives and it can come in what some people might perceive to be a negative. But I think the honesty is always coming from a good place. Uh, and it's to making sure, you know, that everybody's on the same page uh, and everybody understands the position that we're in and where we're at. You know, from a company point of view, from an honest point of view, we've always been very honest about where we are against our sort of financials, um, you know, whether that be from the turnover, whether that be from profit or even from our cash position. You know, from from a, from a company point of view, we've always been very honest with the team about that. Um, and then for them and their own progression and how are they performing and how are they doing and what is expected of them, you know, being very honest with them. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're not honest with your, with your A players, so to speak, then what reason do they have to be here? You know, you want to make sure you're, 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 you're giving praise and you're encouraging and you're developing. You know, with people who go through periods of time where they're struggling, you still want to be honest with them as well. Don't, don't, don't hide away and just let them sort of wallow. You know, make sure you're being honest and explain to them where they need to improve and what they need to do to get better and what help you're going to provide them with. So, so honesty for me is the, is, is the first one that jumps out. Um, I think inspirational, motivational. Um, I'll go with motivational. I like to think I inspire, but for the purposes of the question, I'd, I'd probably go with motivational. Um, I'm a very energetic, very enthusiastic person. Um, I think for me, I thrive off that as a leader personally. If people are happy and motivated around me, then that makes me happy and motivated. So I always very much bring my best self to work every day. Um, and I look to motivate everybody around me all the time. So I definitely think they'd say that I'm that I'm motivational. Um, and as a leader, you know, you set the you set the tone. You set the tone on a daily basis. If you know if I were to come in miserable and grumpy, then let's be fair, the whole place is probably going to be miserable and grumpy because it sort of filters down. Um, so to come in for me being happy, being motivational, you know, enthusiastic and, and excitable, I would imagine they'd say sometimes, then um, that only helps to make the place uh, a, a good place to be and allow everybody to be motivated in their own way. Um, and then the last one, uh, the third one, I, I'd probably say caring, but, but with high emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is something that's very important to me. It's not something that I necessarily gave too much thought to, but as my career has developed, I have realised that I, I do have a high level of emotional intelligence. Um, and I think that helps me in a number of different situations. I think the help that I've been able to give the team professionally, but also on a personal level uh, and being able to read a room and how individuals are feeling and if they're having a bad day or if there's something going on that they haven't spoken about, you know, just being able to be aware of that and observe that and, and hear that and, and, you know, tackle that through having a high level of emotional intelligence uh, and a caring nature. Uh, has really served me well in my leadership journey um, because uh, I've said this before, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, half an hour to an hour of speaking to somebody about something that has nothing to do with work, if they're having a bad day or they're having a challenging time, for them to have that time to then go out and give, you know, seven hours of good work is an hour well spent. You know, there's plenty of leaders yeah. out there that do not spend that hour and they just end up with seven and a half, eight hours of nothing from that member of the team because they haven't paid any attention. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in taking that time to care, uh, to listen uh, and, and to help and advise where it's where it's wanted or, or, or where it's needed. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's I'd say the emotional intelligence and, and and the caring nature would probably be the third thing they'd say. I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 really interesting. I remember uh, 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 walking into an uh, an office. This is years and years ago, pre pre CPR. Me only one business is where I work for someone else. Yeah. And I saw this thing on the wall, um, and it was um, and it was a uh, it was a laminated bit of paper, and it had a smiley face on one side. And, a, and a, a sad face on the other, okay? <laughs> and and one of the employees would sit there in the morning and change it depending on the mood that the guy who ran that department came in with. Wow. Yeah? And, and, if, and if it was a smiley face, people would come into work and it was like, oh, great, we're going to have a good day. <laughs> and if yeah. it was the other way, they would think, oh, shoot. Um, yeah. This is not going to be the best, the, the best working day, and I, I, and it's always stuck with me because I mean, you know, someone once mentioned to me that the, the mood of the office is determined by the mood I come in with. Yes, yeah, very, very long time ago as well, um, and so I, you know, I mean, positivity on the Clifton Threads, um um, assessment is not massively high for me um so so you know you've got to but sometimes you've just got to do it even if you don't feel it because because you know your team need it yeah yeah i think so Bob. but then it's, at the same time I'm, I'm quite i'm quite quick to, to to point out that there's nothing wrong in having a bad day and i think yeah, this comes yeah. on you know this might come along to the next question and stuff like that but you know there's no harm as a leader you know owner of the business manager director of the business whatever it might be and having a bad day i think you just have yeah. to be able to communicate why that might be yeah. and sort of set that level so it might be that my little boy didn't sleep very well so i'm pretty yeah. tired but for me yeah. if i come in the morning and say guys just as an fyi yeah. got very little sleep last night due to said being up just going to yeah. be a little bit whatever today you sort of set that expectation yeah um and it's, it's having that open and sort of again coming back to the honesty it's having that open and honest approach with your team um so that they understand where you're at there's no harm in having a bad day as long as they understand to a certain extent why you're having a bad day um, and it helps and encourages them to share also. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So what are the most important values you demonstrate as a leader? Yeah, so me, I'll probably repeat myself a little bit, but, you know, talk more about the ones I haven't said so far. But honesty, again, number one really up there, to be fair, having integrity. Uh, Humour, uh, I, I think, is important. Happiness is, is, is key, as, we, as we've touched upon. Um, care friendship and, and and direction really they're, they're all the things that sort of really spring out to me uh, as far as the sort of core values I, I feel that you need to demonstrate as a leader I think you know being able to be honest with your team is obviously going to have its positives you know just having integrity you know I've worked for leaders in the past where it's been I'll do this and they'd ever go and do it you know if you if you say you're going to go and do something then then do make sure you do it if there's a reason that you're delaying doing something then explain that as well you know it, it comes back to one of the things we have within Indigo Swan is like no idea is a bad idea, but if if somebody has an idea, then we will still make sure they get feedback on it, even if we're not going to do it. Yeah. You know, you know. So having that integrity and you know integrity over profit being one of the favourite sayings at Indigo Swan that is one hundred percent true. It's making sure that we're doing things in the right way, and then from a leadership point of view, for me, it's making sure that I'm doing the right way, doing things in the right way, acting in a way that I would expect the team to act, talking to people in a way I'd expect them to talk to each other. You know, humour is a massive one, let's be fair, especially over the last few years. Like, yeah. You know, try not to take everything too seriously all the time. You know, having a bit of a light touch, um, you know, having a bit of a sort of, you know, you're light, having a light personality, you know, having a bit of a laugh, having a bit of a joke. 
you know, trying to find time in your day for those types of things, you know, just a small conversation, whatever it may be, or, you know, a little bit of a chat around the office, you know, just, you know, having a little bit of humor in your day goes a long way and, and people being able to have a laugh and have a smile and stuff is, is vitally important. Um, like I say, that's never been more important than probably has been in the last couple of years. Very difficult to be able to do that when we were all working remotely from home, but, you know, we made the effort. Uh, and I felt that was still there. But now, you know, being back in the office, being back together, you know, having having that humour is such an important side of things, which, you know, obviously then creates hopefully happiness across the team. You know, care, we, we care, we have touched upon. Um, but, you know, you need to care. And that is caring for the individuals within the business, but caring for the business itself and caring for the clients. You know, that goes along every different part of the business, really. You just have to be able to care uh, and understand the situation that every individual uh, member of the team, every individual client is in at that time and, and, and to make sure you care. And then, you know, direction, you know, as a leader, you are you are look to to direct uh, where you want the business to go, where you want the people in the business to go. Uh, and for me, as far as really nailing that, it's a case of making sure that everybody understands the part they play in that uh, and, and the journey that we are on as a business and the journey that then in turn those guys are on uh, individually. Um, so for me to really, I, I value that sort of, whilst it's not a, whilst it's not a traditional value, um, directorship uh, of a business is something that I do think is key, um, or directorship, if you're, if you're a, a more junior leader, directorship of your relevant team, um, directorship of your relevant department, whatever it might be, you know, they're going to look to you for that, um, and I think that's something that you have to demonstrate and show on a regular basis. Um, and then the friendship side, I think, there's no harm in being friendly with your team. I think <laughs> old, old school bosses maybe disagree with that. But for me, I don't think there's any harm in building good personal relationships with your team. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going for a beer with them all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean you're always going out for lunch with them. But just to show a level of interest in them as people and an interest yeah. in their lives so that you understand, you know, what they're going through, where they're at, what their motivators are, you know, building a friendship at the least that level, then there was a general kind of interest in, in who they are as people. Um, I would expect any leader to demonstrate that um, as opposed to you got your job, do your job, this is what you get paid to do. You know, that type of day for me is long gone uh, and you're never going to get the best out of people unless you unless you try hard to nurture those relationships really. Yeah, that that's a that's 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 a really that's an interesting one actually for me because I I uh, probably but I'm slightly more standoffish. I think there's a fine line in that one to be honest. There is a fine line, yeah. Yeah, because for instance, so I tr I have to say I do try to you know to understand you know uh, what's going on in, in the in in the people who are uh, work for the business that I have an interest in and what's going on in their lives and these sort of things. But I actually have a rule that I do not connect on social media, apart, well, obviously LinkedIn, but on Facebook and, and things like that with people I work with. Okay. Probably mainly because I don't want them to know what I'm up to. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so rather than anything else. But, and, and maybe that's actually a bit of a dated view now. It's just always something oh, that I've, I've kind of thought. You know, it depends, I, Brian, doesn't it? Because for me, it's yeah. a case of I, I am who I am. Yeah, you know, yeah. I am who I am. I like what I like. I do what I do. Now, yeah. in order for me, I suppose, from my view, and no view is necessarily right or wrong, but from my view, in order for me to bring my full self to work, yeah. and for them to see me as who I am as a person, then them having an insight into my life, my interests, yeah. my hobbies, I have less of, an, I have little of an issue with. 
Um, because, you know, I, I, I don't mind them knowing that stuff as much as, you know, they might not know mind me knowing that stuff. And it just opens up different types of conversations sure. uh, and builds different types of relationships. You know, you're not always then having to talk about what the task at hand is. You yeah. do have an opportunity to have that, you know, lighter touch uh, and build those relationships. <laughs> You know, yeah. not people I'm necessarily going to invite, you know, to, to a wedding or a large birthday. Yeah, sure. not, it sure. doesn't have to be at that level. That's not the case at all. But it's just a general general interest in people as people. You know, yeah. as a leader, having a general interest in the people that you employ and the people sure. that work for you and work with you, you know, I think is, is something that can really lead to great levels of success. Uh, yeah. And I believe has really helped nurture the success that we've had here. Are those friendships, relationships, um, and you know, peer to peer respect and understanding of of people's lives outside these four walls. Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean, and and, and I think there's different ways to do that. Wow. Um, I think there's different ways to do that, and, and yeah, but it, but it is it is a uh, it's it's definitely a way to kind of build a cohesive team to to for everyone to understand what everyone's vulnerabilities are, what everyone's likes, dislikes, and these sort of things are, and and I think building. Um, um, building a, a cohesive team and a, a team that is completely together is 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 got to be the number one in any business. Yeah, um, it's, it's such a fine line, like you said, though, Brian. Because you know, I, I, I'm not a count, I'm not a professional counselor. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, not yeah. A, I'm not a professional psychiatrist. So there there is a very fine line in in, in being there to help advise and show an interest uh, until it gets to a certain level where you're like, do you know what, this is not for me to be involved in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there is a fine line and, and that obviously takes work. And, you know, sometimes you, you maybe can go too far. So you do have to check yourself and you do have to watch it. Um, but like I said, I think for me, the positives outweigh the negative as far as yeah, building sure. those relationships. Yeah, yeah fab, fab, fab. Um, so how do you then deal with difficult situations? I think for me, you know, very standard, but, you know, do take a breath, you know. <laughs> do <laughs> Do, do step away. Do, do do consider what that difficult situation is that you're in at the time. The biggest one for me, you've got to seek advice from others. You know, you've got to speak to other people. You've got to embrace your wider team because, you know, a difficult situation, trying to solve a difficult situation on your own is, is 100 times harder than it is if you can bring in different people to that situation. You know, for me, going and talking to the wider team, embracing other people within the senior management team for a situation that I might face on a day-to-day -day basis in business is just fundamental for that to that difficult situation being dealt with quicker and in a more efficient yeah. way. You yeah. know, if I try and tackle that myself, I might be able to tackle it, but it will take me a longer time than it will uh, than if I share that situation with somebody else or a couple of other people. Um, and you have to embrace and understand that other people have different views on things and they'll have different ideas and your idea might not be the best idea. Um, yeah. So for me, it's, yeah, it's taking a step back, taking a breath, reviewing what the situation is. And then for me, it's thinking about, right, okay, who do I need? Whose help do I need on this? Now, that, that might be somebody within the senior management team. That might be an Amy. That might be an Andy. You know, but at the same time, it might be somebody who's not in the senior management team. It might be somebody else who sits within the business who, for example, has got a great skill set um, that they might not have to show every day at Indigo Swan, but a skill set that I think to myself, do you know what? That person actually could probably help me with this um let's go and ask them let's go and have a chat with them um and again that you know it comes back to being aware of what your wider team's capabilities are um but but for me it's 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 sharing that situation at the time uh, and trying to embrace other people's viewpoints on it other people's expertise uh, and tackling it as a tackling it as a wider team um so that you can ultimately get through that difficult situation as quickly as quickly and as efficiently as you possibly can and hopefully with a with a positive outcome because 
you know, every challenge is an opportunity, as they say. And I'm a, I am a firm believer in that. A difficult situation can be an opportunity. Or a difficult situation just needs dealing with. Um, yeah. And either way, you know, embracing others around you and working together in that as a small team or a couple of you uh, has always allowed me to deal with those situations in a much better way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's useful. That's useful. Um, so what would you say is the culture of your organization and how do you maintain it and how do you nurture it? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the culture of our business is very much what our first value says, which is happiness first. Yeah. So as, as a business, our first value and our core value is happiness first. Uh, nothing happens, in my opinion, in business unless you have a happy team. Yep. Uh, and a happy team will flow all the way through to happy clients, happy suppliers, uh, happy partners, happy whatever. So, you know, having that happiness first for me is what the culture of Indigo Swan is. That That's very much where we are. That's very much what we're about. Um, you know, that, that needs to be balanced for me with a good level of performance. And it needs to be balanced with a level of help and care from the leaders in the business. So if you imagine a scale, you've got happiness first, bang in the middle. Uh, and we are very much looking to balance that out through making sure that the happiness filters down to great performance uh, yeah. and the happiness also filters down to making sure the leaders of business are helping to develop and nurture the members of their team. Um, you know, how, how we nurture it. Um, for me, it's a case of, Asking questions, you know, making sure that we're, we're continuously asking questions of the team. We're checking in with the team. Um, the team have 15 very sort of clearly defined goals, of which five of those are our personal goals. Um, so it's showing an interest on the business side and, and how are they performing and what help and coaching and training do they need. But on the flip side, you know, what are they looking to achieve in their, in their wider life? Uh, and, and how can we potentially help with that? And how can we do anything to support them with that? That's going to bring happiness into into the office on a on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I think the the other part of the culture of Indigo Swan is very much finding a better way for things. Um, there's always a better way of doing things, uh, and I think we ask ourselves that question every single day when we're doing any task that we have here or we're dealing with any client that we have. It's we're doing this, but you know, is there a better way of doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a more efficient way of doing that? Um, and again, that very much comes from nurturing it through conversation, but then through different processes, such as our signal process, which is, you know, embracing the mistakes that have been made and, and, and finding out what we need to do to make sure they don't happen again and encouraging the team to be involved in that process, you know, through to our brain box process where uh, and no idea is a bad idea and encouraging the guys to submit ideas on a, on a regular basis. You know, all the way through to the appraisal side of things where, you know, it needs to be an open and honest and clear conversation. Uh, And within that, you know, we are looking to find out how happy they are. We are looking to find out what their performance level is like. And we're looking to find out what their training needs are. And again, it all comes back to that sort of scale of those three things. Happiness first is always going to be key. But we want a world-class performance. And we also want to make sure we're training, nurturing and helping you be the very best version of yourself. And within all that, is there a better way of doing it? Is there a better way of doing elements of that? Is there a better way of getting to that to that end result of happiness first? So that's very much what the culture of Indigo Swan is. That's what I want everybody to feel who works in. Is what, why, what I want everybody to feel who comes in contact with anybody, any of the swans that do work it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of businesses these days that talk about their amazing culture. Um, and a lot of times that is very true. But the only real test for how that culture actually is is actually speaking to probably the most junior person in that business. Yeah. 
you know, if you speak to most junior person in that business, are they going to tell you the culture's ace? Are they going to tell you that happiness first is key? You know, and my hope at Indigo Swan is that would very much be the case. And I have no reason to dispute that is the case. Um, but for me, with the culture of a business, that's your check. That's how you check in. That's how you know you're doing the right thing and you understand. It's it's taking that most junior person in your business and going, you know, how do you feel? You know, what do you think the culture of the business is? And if they're coming back and saying, yeah, happiness first, supported by a world-class performance, supported by the fact that we're being trained and nurtured, then you're on the right lines. Yeah, fabulous. Actually, that's really interesting. There's been a huge amount of um, there's been a huge amount of research done on the whole happiness question. And, mm. and actually, one of my businesses, um, um, Inside Legal, uses a tool called Friday Pulse. I don't know if you've come across it. No, I haven't. Um, right. So, and it asks one question, and you run you you set the email gets sent out on a Friday at three o'clock, and it, yeah. you have until Monday at twelve or whatever, and it goes Thursday to, to Tuesday if it, yeah. or, for as if you've got a bank holiday or something. And it asks one question: How happy were you this week? Yeah, mm. and, and it's not a massively expensive tool. Um, it's a guy called Nick March, who's the MD and, and, and owner of it, and I met him. Uh, a couple of years ago and we've used it in that in that company for for that period of time and effectively you just it just asks one question how happy are you were you this week and and you can watch the um the kind of stats going up and down but it but and you know people can be unhappy you know if you've got a sales team who, oh, haven't, yeah. hit, who haven't hit a number for three weeks they're not going to be overly happy you know right. you know and, and you know I, you know if the weather's been awful well maybe not in in, in norwich but if the weather's been awful in glasgow for, yeah. for, for six weeks you know you know people you know but it's a way to it's a way to kind of um i guess um look at what the happiness level is but but the biggest part of that is what do you do to, to turn that around and the resilience of the team to come from that maybe no. not so happy place to to happy place and, and, and one, yeah and one of the things that we we never measure is we don't have a measurement KPI on happiness mm. you can't because people are going to be unhappy but what we do measure is the um, is the response rate for that question mm. now now okay we're probably one of um, I mean, Insight has about I don't know, 35, 40 employees. Um, so we're probably reasonably um, small for them as a business from a, yeah. from, a, from a client. But but we have one of the best response rates they have. But, you know, if you've got a business with a thousand people in it, then, you know, I, I guess that that, that could mm. drop slightly. But we, we have a we have a target um, of 80 percent answering every week and 90, a stretch of 90 um, to, mm-hmm. and, and and we 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 very rarely fall below the eighty, but we very often get above the ninety, and and, and it's a, it's a fabulous tool. I mean, you're doing the same thing without technology by just talking to them all the time, but it, but it is a, yeah, but it's, it's a great tool for measurement actually. I might steal it. I might steal it. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's an interesting. One. I mean, obviously we do engagement surveys and things like that, and obviously sure, you can measure sure. happiness and elements like through that, yeah. but. For me, it sounds like an it sounds like an amazing tool. Yeah, I think so, the key so. for me is, you know, happiness is first. It doesn't yeah. mean everyone is always going to be happy. I yeah, think for sure. me, it's a case of with the culture and the value of happiness first. It's a case of if somebody isn't happy because it's the yeah. first priority, what do we need to do to make them happier, or what do they sure. need to do to be happier? It's not always going to be something that, as a leader of the business, I can control or the other leaders can control, but it might be something that that individual person can control. And um, because it's happiness first, yeah, everyone is not always going to be happy. But what are we doing to help support and get yeah. them to a happier place? You know, absolutely, absolutely. 
So, Jax, we uh, we would normally do three quirky questions, but um, James has already done that last time. So we have a couple of final questions on this podcast. Do you want to take them on, Jax? Yes, I will. Yes. Um, so James here changed up a little bit for the leadership-focused um, podcast. Um, yeah. So just two questions this time. Pressure's off. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> who are the three people who have been the most influential to you and why? Yeah, oh, this is this is a, this is such a tough question because I think you come across people all the time that influence you short term, mm-hmm. long term. Uh but reflecting on it, I think the first thing I would say is my mum and dad. Um I had a good I had a very good childhood. My childhood was really enjoyable. Uh I was brought up on the coast in Norfolk, you know, I was at the beach a lot. Um so my childhood was happy, which I think is if you have a happy childhood, that will always serve you well as you as you move on in your life. But I think they made me understand at a young age that life isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. I think they had a, they had a lot of challenges um, as I was growing up. So I think for me, they really made me understand that life wasn't easy. And as I got older, and some times parts of my life were not easy, and I had some ups and downs, uh, they were two people that were very easy to talk to. Uh, and yeah, very much taught me from a young age that, you know, sometimes life won't be easy. Sometimes you'll go for a period of time, six months, a year, where life doesn't seem particularly rosy. But as I said earlier in the, in, in the podcast, those times will pass. Yeah. Um, and you just have to remember that. I think they also taught me that you need to make good decisions. They made some good decisions, they made some bad decisions. But they taught me that you have to make good decisions regardless of how long those decisions take. I think people are very quick to make a decision sometimes. Where for me, as I've gone through my life and my career and my leadership journey, uh, I like to think I've made good decisions, but some of those decisions haven't been an overnight decision. They have taken time. Uh, I've sat on them. I've thought about them. I've discussed them with others. Uh, And when I've then come to make that final decision, yes or no, or whatever it may be, I I feel like I've made the right one uh, and made a good decision. There'll be times where I haven't, and that's life. Um, but for me, as long as I feel like I've given myself the right amount of time to make that decision, then then that's the main thing, and that's something they they taught me from a young age. So, the mum and dad would be first. Um, the second one would definitely be my wife Harriet. Um, very lucky to have met her when I did. Uh, I met her about ten years ago now, uh, at a turning point, I suppose, in my career. Uh, I'd worked my way up quite high within the financial sector, and then the recession kicked in. And Indigo Swan was almost really starting again from scratch. Uh, and I met her very much around that same period of time. Um, we are quite different in a lot of ways, which I think is great. Um, so she does keep me very grounded, um, which is I need sometimes. Uh, I do need to remain grounded. So having somebody like Harriet to go home to at night who can keep me grounded is is massively valuable to me and I'm extremely appreciative of. Um you know, she provides me of obviously love and care and, and, and friendship, which is which which is key as well and, and very important to me to, to have that person who, you know, you're sharing your life with, who shows an interest in what you do day to day, who shows an interest in the business that you work in or what you are running uh, and wants to be there to support you with that uh, and give you the time and space to make sure you can do that job to the very best of your ability um and to also you know give you guidance we we have different views on different things which i think is healthy and i think is good uh and to be able to have somebody i can go home to and say look there's this situation i've I've got this i'd like to talk to you about i know that i'll probably get a different view to what my own view is um and that really helps me and that really guides me 
uh, and allows me to really consider, you know, like I said earlier, decisions or or things that I have to do. So uh, she's been a huge influence on my life specifically, obviously, since we met um, 10 years ago, but at a really key point of my career and a really key point of my life. So those 10 years have been fantastic. Um, and then the third one is probably a gentleman called Mark Fisher. Uh, he will not be known to many people or anyone who listens to this podcast, but he is my business coach. Uh, I know that Brian has a business coach. Uh, Mark is Mark is mine. Uh, I've known Mark for about five years. Uh, and Mark has been extremely influential to me from the experiences that he's had, from his willingness to listen, from his willingness not to judge, uh, from his willingness for his want for myself and the other people he works with to be the very best versions of ourselves, you know, to consider what we're doing, to ask the difficult questions, to have an outsider's point of view on a business that we're in who he, he has no idea what the energy industry is all about. And I like that because he asks the questions that other people would not ask. Uh, and he looks at things from a very different point of view. You know, his specialism is marketing. Um, so he, but he comes from it from all angles. Uh, so for me, he is somebody in the last five years, as I sort of reached director level, managing director level now, who's had been a huge influence to me uh, and really helped me and really guided me and really been there for me when I needed somebody outside the business to speak to. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Brilliant. Cool. They were excellent. Um, what's your favourite leadership book? Final question. Oh, easy, easy answer. Uh, it's a book called Radical Candor by a lady called Kim Scott. Um, I was very uh, privileged, I suppose, to come across Kim quite a few years ago. Uh, she did a, a TED Talk and I happened to watch it. And at that time, she really hit the nail on the head of, I suppose, what it was I was trying to do without really knowing what that was called. Yeah. Uh, and, and Radical Canada is ultimately all about caring for the people you lead personally, but then at the same time challenging them directly. And how, as I've talked a lot on this um, podcast about how by building close, good relationships with the people that you lead can make those more difficult, challenging conversations a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, and it's finding that balance between, you know, caring for people personally, but challenging them directly. So if anybody hasn't read Radical Candor by Kim Scott, I would I would, I would, would highly recommend it. Uh, I'm a big fan of that principle. It's a principle that I try to sort of feed down into the rest of the leadership team at Indigo Swan. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, it has it's served me well. Um, might not be a model for everybody, but, you know, for me, if you can approach your leadership in that way, uh, I've definitely seen the benefits of that and the, and the fruits of that labour, so to speak. So, yeah, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Brilliant. We'll put the links in the, in the notes for the podcast to that if anybody wants to check awesome. it out. Um, excellent. Thanks, James. That's those two. Thanks. One. No Thanks. worries at all. I have, I, I have actually read Radical Candor. I thought it was utterly amazing. And the one thing that, that I liked about it was, you know, you read a, you read a business book and, and, yeah. and you kind of sit there and think, yeah, well, I get this bit and I get that bit, and I and and I just got it. Mm. Yeah, it, it it is a it is a phenomenal read. Um, and and I, to be fair, I've listened to the I I, I have this thing because you know everyone says how many business books you read every year. I read twenty. I've thirty. I'm sorry, my brain, <laughs> yeah. my brain cannot take that. I do right. I do one a month, and actually, yeah. um, I, and I did quite a lot last year. And actually, this year I'm doing kind of um, I'm doing one per month. And I can't, I think 
I think Radical Candles in June this year again for me, and because I read them over and over. And the thing I love about yeah. that one is you get something new from it every time you read it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's a 100%. And it just reinforces it. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it's, it's it's just such a key thing I look to sort of use in my in, in my leadership. And for me, like I say, it just sort of really hit the nail on the head of what I was trying to do, I suppose, without having a term around it or, or a framework around it. And, yeah, it's been, it's been really useful. Brilliant. Well, James, once again, thanks very much for coming on. That's been absolutely brilliant. Are you sharing your insights and, on leadership and everything? Um, thank no. you. And I'll hopefully see yeah. you soon. Well, welcome, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Jax. Appreciate it.